Welcome to the AI-generated podcast. I'm your human host, Izzy. I'm a computer science and audio engineering student. And I'm your other human host, Kelsey, a professor on summer vacation. And um, a, a dinosaur trainer. Oh, man, I was still on Jurassic Park. That's from last I was still week. Ju- that's from last week. I was slow. I was slow. All right. You are a... A person who engages samurai, you're the you give the water bottle to the samurai samurai <laughs> fighters. Samurai water girl. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> We're being held against our will by a multinational corporation who won't let us go until we've taught their AI American popular culture. On today's episode, in hopes of freeing ourselves, we've given their AI five Star Wars novels. The AI generated podcast has been synchronously composed by a number of intelligent computer programs designed to mimic the tone of a data set of texts. This internet radio show seeks to harness this technology for meaningless tasks. So Kelsey, yes. tell us about tell us about the Star Wars. Tell us about the Star Wars. Well, I have brought in an expert this week. <laughs> My good friend Alex, uh, who is much more of a Star Wars uh, expert than I am, although I am quite a big fan. I, I wouldn't. Don't sell yourself short. I, yeah, I know. I, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty big fan. <laughs> I'll yeah. say it again. <laughs> so Kelsey's been making the prompts these last couple of weeks. And every single time she's tried to do a Star Wars prompt, theme prompt, and every single time I cut it because I'm like, this is not the Star Wars episode. I'm like, finally, let's just do a Star Wars episode, Kelsey. Yes, it's time. I'm here. I'm very excited. <laughs> Izzy was like, find as many Star Wars novels as you can or whatever. And I was like, I have found 280 Star Wars novels. <laughs> there is no shortage of Star Wars novels. And I found There's far too many. The text just for free on the internet for all of them. Um, Wait, so the hold on. So help me out. So the, no, the mm-hmm. movies are made first, right? And then they mm-hmm. have authors come back and turn them into novels. And is there yeah. additional information added? Is it, or yeah. do they just stick to the script? They add. Yeah, stuff. It, it depends on the book. Some some of them are more faithful or linear than others. Like the the Attack of the Clones book, episode two is is pretty down the line of what the movie is. But the episode three book goes a lot into the internal monologue and thoughts of all of the characters that really is not translated on the screen. Um, <laughs> because George Lucas, it, I mean, bless him, <laughs> but he's not necessarily a dialogue writer. Yeah, they really did such a service to the movie um, episode in the episode three novelization. It really fleshes the movie out. Wait, so, so Alex is our resident uh, Star Wars expert. What is your opinion about the... Disney, like, how do you feel about the Disney, this new age of Star Wars films oh, and lore? How and long do we have here? <laughs> um, it, uh, it, it really suffers from not having, like, a cohesive plan throughout yeah. the three movies. Like, it started off great. I mean, Force Awakens, like, J.J. Abrams, like, he has flaws. I mean, the man is just question after question with no real answer uh, but that's great for a first movie. So he directed. Wait, what do you force... mean in the in the in the movie itself, or in the lore, or what does that mean? Uh, yeah, in in, in all of his work, I mean his his <laughs> his thing is the mystery box. So he he's that's his his de- storytelling device. Is he sets up all these mysteries, and his stories are more about the mystery itself than the answer of the mystery. 
so a lot of the times mm. the answer is unsatisfying or not where you thought was going to happen, but the ride to the answer was very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so Force Awakens is pretty much, I mean, it's, it's almost a clone of A New Hope, the first Star Wars movie. I mean, the plot structure is pretty much identical, but... It worked. I mean, it was it was satisfying. We're starting off a new universe, introduce some new characters. Uh, we saw it at midnight together. Yeah, we saw it, it together. It aired. Yeah. And then the next one, Last Jedi, was handed off to Ryan Johnson, uh, which had, you know, J.J. Abrams had teed up some story threads uh, for Ryan Johnson to then take. And then Ryan Johnson promptly dropped all those threads on the ground and made his own story, uh, which... <laughs> Divisive movie. I didn't particularly care for it. I think it has some very tonal issues. Um, but critics loved it because it was fresh and different. So very, very divisive. And then uh, on the heels of that, the uh, the newest one, Rise of Skywalker, went through a bit of development hell. And uh, Colin Trevorrow, the Jurassic World director, was supposed to do it. But he got sacked and then was replaced by J.J. Abrams again to finish out this trilogy so J.J. Abrams... It's so wild. J.J. Abrams had everything that Ryan Johnson put in the air, decided to drop that, and then finish the rest of his story from The Force Awakens. And The Rise of Skywalker, in my opinion, is the worst of the three. It is a movie pulled from thin, thin air. Uh, and it's just I like not... It. <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't However, even think I saw that one. I think I gave up after the first two. I'm sorry. I have gotten... <laughs> I will say, I have gotten into the fan edit community of these oh, Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So there's this one... Um, it's called Rise of Skywalker Ascendant. It's by this guy named Hal 9000 and a, a community of collaborators. But they, they restructure the movie and re-edit it, and it makes it, like, actually fairly compelling. It's there's like a ton of VFX work that they redid. Like you, you would not tell that oh. it was done by fans. Whenever you say a fan edit, you're like, oh, this must be kind of low rent. But no, it's a legit high quality production that kind of fixes a lot of the fundamental flaws of this movie as much as you can. I mean, they're not shooting new scenes or, you know, changing the story, but it just goes to show you what, what could have been done in the edit to save these things. So what hold on. So what, Alex, is your what makes a Star Wars movie? Do you oh know what I gosh. mean? Like, because they're all so different. Like, what is the thread that makes it part of the world? Every, I mean, every Star Wars movie kind of hits on one of these themes of, I mean, there's parenting issues. I mean, struggles between children and and, and fathers and mothers. You know, the dichotomy between good and evil, light versus darkness. I mean, it's the hero's journey. Star Wars is fundamentally Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, starting off someone plucked from nowhere or obscurity and they are faced with a challenge and along the way they mm. form a ragtag group and unite around a single cause of yeah. fighting a hero's, for, for good. And a hero's journey is a good answer for sure. Should we get into these scripts? I think we should do it. <clears throat> it is the son of Anakin's father, not the son of my own boy. Can it be true? Can this be the boy who murdered my boy? A whisper of flame traveled along the lightsaber, and the cloaked man lurched backward. He let the weapon fall to the ground and lifted his hands to the ravaged face. The flesh had been burned away to the bone, leaving only a skeleton beneath the robes. His hands sizzled and burned. The boy! I must get to the boy! With a cry of purest hate, he charged. The apprentice ducked under the first swing and twisted around the second. 
bringing the blade of his own into the contact point and driving it deep into the man's midsection. The blade protruded from the other side when the cloaked man jerked back. The man gasped and clawed at the blade, trying to pull it free. He burned with such intensity that his hands smoked and he could not touch the blade. You cannot kill me. The only way to end my suffering is to kill my master. The apprentice didn't answer. He didn't have to. That's the end. Oh, <laughs> that was pretty metal. Yeah. That was gnarly. <laughs> he didn't have to. I just really like when it ends on something uh, dramatic. Like Do we that. know who these characters are? <laughs> or is it just... Yeah, the son of Anakin's father. That doesn't make any sense. I know, it doesn't make any sense. It is the son that of Anakin's father. That would just be Anakin. Father. That's just Anakin. <laughs> That's just Anakin. Um, unless Anakin's dad, who is Darth Vader, had like a different son at some point. He had an affair. He had another another you kid. Could, or is, it, is it Palpatine? Could you argue that? Did he will oh. him into the Force? Yeah, right, because Anakin is famously... An immaculate conception, <laughs> and so does not have a dad. His dad is God. Is the Force? Yes, so is the Force. It must be. Yeah, it probably is Palpatine. Son of the Force. Okay, the next prompt I gave was Jar Jar drew his lightsaber and looked Darth Vader in his cold oh dark my eyes. Gosh. Oh my wow. gosh! <laughs> Kelsey has to do it in case in case there's in case there's a Jar Jar impression. I don't want to do it. Kelsey has to do it. <laughs> Jar Jar drew his lightsaber and looked Darth Vader in his cold, dark eyes. He said, proud and defiant and ready to die. I love you. I don't have, it's not, a, it's not an impression. I'm sorry. Misa love you. <laughs> behind, <laughs> behind him, the gunship rocked and roared. They all turned around together as one. And what, inquired a voice from the shadows, did you expect to happen? Chapter 13. <laughs> it was probably a good thing that Obi-Wan Kenobi was not one for subtlety. <laughs> he had come to Kashyyyk where the Wookiees had been at peace for generations because he had thought he could accomplish what no other Jedi had ever been able to do. He would talk sense into the minds of the children of the forest. The Wookiees were not, he had discovered, as simple as he had assumed. Though they were intelligent and clever, they were also proud and fierce, and they were willing to die rather than be swayed. So Obi-Wan had stood before the entire Kyclops herd on ragged grasslands of the Wosher ground and told the Wookiees that they were wrong to believe the Jedi were enemies. I just loved that this one... Two very distinct decide stories. It was, it, was like, it was like chapter 13. <laughs> and it did this a couple times. Whenever things were like a little bit too weird for it, it was like, new chapter. This, 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 done. this chapter is going to make sense in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> it's like, I know Jar Jar is not a Jedi. I thought for a second we were going to get like an erotic story between Darth Vader and Jar Jar Binks. I love you. <laughs> they put down their lightsabers. <laughs> I love you. They embrace. They embrace. <laughs> I like that it, it opens new questions too. You know, mm. like it doesn't just, it doesn't just, try to do what other people have done. Like there are these new questions that we have about the scene. Like, what was he doing? Why was he, you know, I really, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. What it's cool. The, what's cool about putting novels in is that we just get this like snippet of, it's just like, you know, the middle scene, or in this case, the beginning of a chapter of like a random, like in the middle of a book, a random 
paragraph or two. Uh, it, it really just lets you build like this whole other storyline around them. Like, how is Jar Jar and Darth Vader going to like come back <laughs> and feed back into Obi-Wan? That's what this prompt is called. Yoda and Count Dooku go to Taco Bell. I like it. I like it. It's a good one. <laughs> this is not the first time a Jedi has been seen eating. Obi-Wan is reported to have a fondness for Duracale, a spicy meat and vegetable stew from the Outer Rim. And Anakin is well known for his huge, tasty burrito. <laughs> but Yoda is the only Jedi besides Obi-Wan to be known for his Taco Bell habit. And he's the only one to be well known. It is said that he always orders the value menu <laughs> with the additional feature of a free-range organic chicken burrito or two. It is said that while he may be the oldest living Jedi, Yoda is the youngest looking. His skin is still supple and healthy, his eyes are bright, his white streaked hair is thick, and he moves with an energy and joie de vie that belies his age. It is said that Yoda's secret for living so long is to be so very, very fast. He's said to be the only living Jedi to have successfully completed more than one training cycle. His first cycle was so complete that at the age of 8, he was already a master. His second cycle was so complete that at the age of 26, he was already a grand master. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it doesn't know what Yoda looks like. Does Yoda yeah, have so, hair? So young and fresh looking. <laughs> <that> Yoda. <laughs> it was almost like he was picking up that thick hair. <laughs> it almost like it was picking up that last like thing about fresh food, and then it was going on to Yoda and like it looking very fresh today. <laughs> Yoda is so young looking from all of the Taco Bell he eats. It famously <laughs> keeps him young. It was like a Taco Bell commercial, like. <laughs> Like a Subway Jared commercial. Like, if you eat this, you could look like Yoda. <laughs> Live to 900, you will. <laughs> Ooh, not a bad deal. For me, the best part was Anakin being well known for his huge, tasty burrito. <laughs> Dude, that was... this, we gotta, we gotta invent the Anakin burrito. Um, <laughs> can we get a deal with McDonald's or Taco Bell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Anakin meal. It would be a it would be an, a very complicated deal because Disney and Star Wars would also have oh, to yeah. be. That's a licensing nightmare. <laughs> we'll just do the the AI generated podcast meal, and it'll be a collection oh, of things yeah. such as the the uh, Anakin burrito and the. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we keep going? Um, this was Izzy's prompt. My prompt. Han Solo was being hunted by the IRS. The Imperial Center's tax offices were paranoid. His failure to pay the proper percentage of his income to the Imperial Treasury had been noted long ago. So long ago that Han didn't know exactly how the minor tax irregularity had been discovered. But the Imperial Center was not going to let a fugitive like Solo off the hook. They were just waiting for the right opportunity to nab him, and Han knew it. <laughs> While Han was nursing his breakfast, the artificial landscape of Corellia suddenly blossomed with the high-altitude sensors of several TIE fighters. As Han's eye grew more accustomed to the changing light, he could make out three TIEs, wingtip to wingtip. Missiles began to flash and whip from the TIE's missile tubes. Han and the patrons of the diner froze, watching silently as half a dozen missiles streaked down to slam into the planet. Corellia's unique orbital geometry and the small polar gravity well created by the huge Corellian planetary ring allowed missiles to be launched into space and then deflected to smash into the planets thousands of kilometers out at sea level. 
Tipping his head back, Solo estimated the trajectory of the three ties. They were heading toward the South Lyran sector. That's a long way to travel for a simple bank robbery, he mused. Maybe they're after <laughs> someone else. Han shook his head. I should have paid my taxes on all those antiquities. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I think it perfectly executed that prompt. Like, that's exactly what would be happening. If, yeah. If Han it's Solo a nice, was being... A nice yeah. little short story. The dinner party, like, I could see it. It was very visual. Like, I, I want to see that on film. Like, these <laughs> emerging TIE fighters firing missiles and them sitting. It's kind of like... Uh, Reminds me of that scene in Force Awakens when they're watching the Star Killer shoot out the planet beams and it, it blows up all the planets, but you can like see it shoot across the sky in a very yeah. cool fashion. Yeah, he's like seeing them fire missiles and he's like judging how far away they are and like running all of these mental calculations. Um, I let that run on even farther than I copied and pasted here and he eventually steals he eventually stole a tie fighter that had landed so it was pretty cool Whoa. it's like a it's like a good little that's it's, badass it's a good little chapter i was impressed with it i sometimes i get kind of carried away reading them i'm like oh and what happens next and then i like hit, <laughs> tell me i hit generate more and it tells me what happens next and sometimes it's not repetitive and it like continues to make sense and add to the story it's like weird and random but it's pretty good at writing. Um, I, I like the idea of, of Han Solo paying taxes, like <laughs> that he even that he even pays imperial taxes to begin with. Seems. And then it implied that the taxes were for antiquities. <laughs> so he <was> like an <laughs> antique stealer, but then he does also mention a, a bank robbery. So maybe. Maybe there's more things going on, and he's like, "I only, I just didn't pay taxes for like one year." He's like year. A, Al Capone. <laughs> the, yeah, that's gonna get you. They mm. get you with the taxes. Couldn't nail him on anything else, but this tax evasion, you're going down so low. <laughs> All right, so Jar Jar took the stage. So Alex is up. <clears throat> Jar Jar took the stage. He backed discreetly to the edge, waiting until the cheers and whistles had died away. Then he waved a shambling hand. From out of the smoke, a dozen pod riders burst into the air, shuddering and shrieking, pointed wings and potted treads clattering in time to their panicked thumpa-thumpa, silhouetting themselves against the rippling crimson of the smoke. The crowd went mad. The mere presence of Jar Jar Binks, hailed by most as the greatest living performer in the galaxy, was enough to make a senator weep. <laughs> Binks smiled, waved, and hopped down onto the staging platform. Uncle Owen slid down beside him and wrapped his arm around the jab guard's wrist, grinning at the crowd as they waved to their adoring fans. The droids, to their credit, kept out of the way. <laughs> That's brilliant. This one was my favorite one. The greatest living performer in the galaxy. <laughs> what do you guys think he was doing? What was his what was his act? He was just he was just standing there. <laughs> he just stood there and the pod riders jumped over him and then he took all the credit and got all of the applause <laughs> and cheers. He's like Elvis, like all the women are throwing themselves at him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I love Jar Jar so much. <laughs> For some reason this brings the SpongeBob scene where he uh 
Squidward does the talent show at the Krusty Krab. Yeah. And SpongeBob's, SpongeBob's behind the curtain. And when he sticks his hand out, everybody loves it and cheers. <laughs> but when Squidward sticks his tentacle out, it silence. So I, I just <laughs> am envisioning like some other performer here. And then Jar Jar just walking out on stage and everybody just going nuts. It also reminded me of like a SpongeBob, like a Squidward performing his clarinet on like like some kind of Squidward performance. It was definitely like like a hilarious vibes. Um, this one was so funny. Um, you can follow us at AI Generated Pod on all relevant platforms. Our email is theaigeneratedpod at gmail.com. Kelsey did the data collection for today's episode, and I did the processing and model training. I also produced the show and wrote the music. Kelsey wrote the prompts this time. Ellie Baker and I designed the thumbnail. Thank you to Alex. Alex Moine. Is it okay if we use your full name? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, being our resident Star Wars expert. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Wait, we Honored didn't even to be let here. you... Alex, really quick, Alex took a Star Wars vacation to go visit a Star Wars location in Ireland. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, we didn't even talk. We, we need to let, Okay, let's let Alex talk. Let's let Alex I, talk. I did, yeah. I went to a couple years ago, I went to Ireland because it's a it's a location from uh, the Force Awakens, first feature in The Force Awakens. It's it's the island that Luke Skywalker's hermit Luke Skywalker has recused himself to because he's ashamed of his actions so they have to seek him out and find him and he's in this mystical island in the middle of the ocean very mountainous and jagged um and it's an island off the coast of ireland southwest coast of ireland called skellig michael that has obviously blown up in popularity uh since the movies came out so now it's overrun with tourists and has become a destination <laughs> but you can go and you can charter a boat tour they do a lot of boat tours so you can go out to the island and climb it and in history used by monks i think they were uh, a monastery settlement was there and they were also taking refuge from like viking attackers um, but like the stone huts that you see in the movie are actually there. That's so cool. And there are so many puffins on this island that they had to add a puffin like creature <laughs> into the Star Wars universe in order to yes. justify the existence <laughs> they CG of all, out of, all these of the puffins. puffins. So they made an alien bird that kind of looks like a puffin uh, that is very cute to sell a lot of merchandise. <laughs> Oh man, thank you so much, Alex. Uh, this was it was really exciting to have you on. You definitely took our Star Wars knowledge to the next level today. <laughs> Thanks to George Lucas. Shout thank out you to George God. Lucas. And all the people over at OpenAI working on GPT-3 for making the API that we use on the show. Okay, so we have a big announcement to make, which is that we really want to do a Joe Rogan episode, but we can't really do it. We basically need Joe Rogan's team to let us do it. And furthermore, we want Joe Rogan on our podcast. Joe Rogan. So this, is a, <laughs> this is a formal invitation to Joe Rogan to please come on our show. And I think you should read your AI-generated part. Yeah, we need Joe Rogan to read Joe Rogan the AI. <laughs> this show was unwillingly solicited by our corporate overlords at Dover Deven Incorporated. <laughs>